0: It made me appreciate the fact that as a physician, I can help people return to their prior functional level. And as a patient, I can empathize with some of the struggles in order to return to that sport, in order to return to work, in order to return to independence. Welcome to Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast. I am your host, Dr. Wita L. Brown. I inspire and promote movement. I explain how running adds to life from a mental wholeness aspect. How obstacles can be overcome in life to make it to your finish line. Welcome to Run It Is Cheaper Than Therapy, episode 41. I just want to take the time to thank everyone who listens to my podcast, everyone who comments, everyone who has subscribed to my podcast on Apple as well as Spotify, everyone who's left reviews. I appreciate your support in this new endeavor. I have solo as well as guest episodes. I do solo episodes so people can know who Weida Brown is. Who is the person behind the podcast Running is Cheaper Than Therapy? I like to share stories, some of my woes. I also like to do a little bit of education on common injuries. My hope is that some of my struggles can help others. I do love my guest episodes and I love sharing their stories too. The title of this episode is called The Doctor is the Patient. I thought of it after I had surgery. The plan was for it to be a story from the time of surgery until the time I completed my first full Ironman following surgery, things did not go as planned, was able to do a race. It was far from a full distance. Ironman, it was a sprint. So I'm going to tell you about my journey from injury until my first race. We all know that life does not go as planned. 2020 and this pandemic is evidence of that. So I injured my left knee while ski racing. Ski racing is basically you ski, pass, flags, which are called gates. If you've ever seen Lindsey Vonn racing, it's similar. Our racing is not as technical. The course is not as long. And I am far from Lindsey Vonn. although I do have a Lindsey Vonn race outfit. So we do the best of three runs. So my first run, I take it a little conservative, trying to feel the course. The second run, I'm a little bit more aggressive because I do want to place first in my age group. My third run, I put it all out there. I also got some tips from a few of the experts at the start. And I'm not sure what happened. I don't know if I caught a rut. Sometimes after so many people race a course, there are little divots in the course. And that can cause people to fall or I'm not sure if I properly waited on the turn, but I fell and hurt my knee. At first, it was not bothering me. I was able to ski the rest of the day and we skied pretty hard and long the rest of the day. Toward the end of the day, I could feel my knee was hurting, but I still was able to ski. This was toward the end of our ski trip. This was in March of 2020, prior to the shutdown for the COVID-19 pandemic. We were in Sun Valley, Idaho, for the National Brotherhood of Skiers um, Summit. Following that Thursday, I tried to ski Friday morning, but I couldn't turn because my knee bothered me. So I decided to call it for that trip. The plan was, prior to the shutdown for COVID, to do one more ski trip. Unfortunately, that did not happen. So I returned home. My knee did not cause me significant problems. I was able to swim. I was able to bike, but I couldn't run. I did some rehab on myself. I was trained as a physical therapist and still uh, maintain one license. So I did some rehab myself. It helped I also had a doctor friend inject my knee with cortisone. I tried to inject myself, but I can't. Tried several times. So it helped. I was able to get back into running, but when I tried to increase my speed or distance, it bothered me. So I went to see my doctor friend again and had a PRP injection, which is platelet-rich plasma. What it is, is growth factors are taken from your blood in a concentrated form, injected into the site, could be, in my case, the knee. I've also had PRP in other um, places as well. The theory is it has growth factors and it helps um, stimulate blood supply and it helps in the healing process. So it helped as well, and I was able to... Run, but again, when I increased the distance and when I tried to increase my speed, the pain returned. So I began to get frustrated. I ordered an MRI. The MRI report revealed that I had a anterior cruciate ligament, tear, partial tear, a meniscus tear, a chondral injury. So when I saw the report, even before I saw the actual MRI, I knew that this was bad news and the reason that I was not getting better. So I called my former partner, got an appointment. I knew that if a patient came to see me with the same findings, I would recommend surgery, particularly if that person was an active person and wanted to return to their sport. So following The visit with my partner was scheduled for surgery less than a week. Interesting, I had planned a ski trip. My plan was to try to ski to give my knee a test. But after I saw the MRI, I knew that my ski season would be over. My plan was to have surgery, rehab, and hopefully be able to do a full distance um, Ironman triathlon in the late fall around this time. So I had surgery in December 2020. It was interesting being on the other side. I've pre-opted meeting patients. I've told meeting patients that they need surgery. And I've actually had surgery as well. I've had a number of injuries. I've had one major surgery on my right knee. I had a uh, meniscus tear as well. This was not after any injury. It just started bothering me after I did three marathons in three months. I went for a run. In the snow, actually. And after the run, my knee swole. And it never got better. After rehab injections. And so I had surgery. And my plan at that time, I had surgery in May of 2013. My plan was to do two marathons in the fall. But my therapist at the time, my physical therapist, looked at me like I was crazy. As well as my run coach. I was able to race. In the fall, but it wound up being a 10K instead of a full distance marathon. So with this injury, it was a little bit more substantial. One, I was older. Two, I had more injuries. I thought the ACL was an ovary because I was unstable, but it ended up being the real thing. So in preparation for surgery, I cooked a lot of food. Put it in the freezer. I also got paper plates, plasticware, and also some of my tri-family cooked me food and brought to me. I had to make sure my condo was safe for me to get around with crutches. I live in a studio and I have a lot of stuff. Just for example, I have a bike trainer in the middle of the floor. So I moved my bike trainer. I made sure my rugs were secure. I made sure I had an adequate path to walk with my crutches without tripping over anything. I practiced on crutches. I had crutches from before, but they were old. And some of the nurses at my hospital insisted that they give me new crutches. So I practiced crutch walking I practiced stair climbing because in order to get into my unit, I have at least five or six stairs that I have to go up and down. I also had to arrange transportation to and from the hospital for my surgery. So being single has its privileges, but being single in cases where you need um, surgery or you need a ride or you need outside help, sometimes it can be challenging, but I'm thankful I have a great village. I also have the offer for a family member to come stay with me to help me after surgery, but I felt that that wasn't necessary. I did purchase some items that helped in my recovery. I bought a tray so I could transport food and, and certain things because I couldn't carry them because of the crutches. I also had a little book bag where I put items and a fanny pack, which helped as well. I also purchased a shower chair because I could not get into the tub. Also I could not get my leg wet, so I purchased a um stocking net type device to uncover my um Brace in my incision following surgery. I did a blog post and I posted links to some stuff that was helpful for me. So, the day of surgery, my friend picked me up. I actually did a walk prior to my surgery was at 5 p.m. I figured I should get in before I couldn't do anything. So, the typical surgery routine check in, take off all your clothes, put on a hospital gown, get an IV, talk to the nurse signed your consent, talked to the anesthesiologist, and my surgeon, my former partner, came. They were about to wheel me in the room, and I said, wait, where's the Versed? Versed is a wonderful drug. It basically makes you forget. So the last thing I remember was asking for the Versed. Then I woke up in the recovery room. I was told that I... Tried to flash a few people in the recovery room. Of course, I don't remember due to the marvelous first head. My friend picked me up from recovery and took me home. I almost tripped getting out of the car, stepping on the curb. I still was under the influence of the anesthesia drugs. I was able to hobble the stairs into my apartment. Surprisingly, I did not have that much pain after surgery. They gave me pain medication, but I only took it, I think, two days because it gave me a weird feeling. So Tylenol, and I also had a tinge unit, and a tinge unit is um helps with pain. So I used it, and it also has a mode where it can stimulate your quadriceps. So I used that. I had a brace for four weeks, and I couldn't put any weight on my leg, which made this recovery more difficult than my last. When I had surgery in 2013, I was able to put as much weight as tolerated on my leg because I just had a meniscus tear. While I did have a ACL, anterior cruciate ligament tear, I did not have to have a full reconstruction. He was able to put an anchor to secure the ligament back to the bone. And I also had what's called a chondroplasty. And chondroplasty is basically just stimulate my body to make what's called fibrocartilage. Native aversion cartilage is called hyaline cartilage. and Fibrocartilage is while not as great as hyaline cartilage, it's better than, say, the cartilage injury down to bone. So that's the theory behind chondroplasty. So I had a chondroplasty partial meniscectomy, and a ACL repair with an anchor. So my mobility was limited. I took off a few days from work. After I was off pain medications, I was allowed to drive because it was my left knee. I did go back to work. I had a handicap sticker so I could park right in front of the hospital. My medical assistant brought patients to me, brought everything to me. I wheeled around in the office chair, which was not difficult to do. If I had to get up, I used my crutches. I tried to stay in my chair as much as I could with my foot elevated. And I tried to stay in a chair without using crutches because the patients tended to stop and ask me a lot of questions. And my goal was to serve them, not the other way around, although they are very caring and were concerned. So it didn't bother me. I had an appointment, which is, this is real interesting. I had my yearly OBGYN appointment and I did not want to reschedule because I would have to wait for months and months. So one of my friends took me to my appointment. It was an interesting exam, and I believe it at that because of my brace and my um, immobility. But what is interesting is my ob is an avid runner. She fell about two weeks prior to my appointment. She twisted her ankle and injured her foot. She actually sustained a fracture, a break in the bone, and required surgery. So she was on crutches we around in her office chair and the medical assistant that was working with her thought it was funny that we both were on crutches and we both were physicians trying to work. So after four weeks, my brace was removed. I started formal physical therapy. I went to therapy two to three times a week. The initial goal was to regain range of motion in my knee and to strengthen my quadriceps. So I progressed with strengthening, weaning off of the crutches. First, I went to one crutch and then without any crutches after I had a normal gait or normal walking, I was able to walk normal without a limp. Then I progressed to running. I ran on um, a treadmill called Ultra G treadmill. And what it does is it takes some of the pressure offer your legs. You basically get this apparatus. It's kind of like a halter. So you can run less than your body weight. So you set the machine. I first started 50% of my body weight and I progressed as my leg got stronger. Some people use it for rehab even if they don't have an injury because you're able to run faster and longer because it's less pressure and weight on your joints. I had used it before when I was injured prior to doing Ironman Louisville. I sustained an injury to my calf and was not able to run, but I did not want to lose all my fitness. It was about two weeks before the race. So I used to go two to three times a week and use the Ultra G treadmill. You do not have to be in therapy in order to use the treadmill at the facility, you can just pay a fee every time you go. And that's what I did at that time. I didn't have package deals as well. So I was able to not lose my fitness in a few weeks before my race. And I was able to complete the race without any difficulties. So I progressed from the Ultra G treadmill to running outside. My therapist gave me a program. 30 minutes total, mostly walking at first and progressing to full running. I'm still doing a walk-run program. It's interesting, after I started running again, I noticed I had foot pain. Sometimes after you're injured and you return to your sport, you can sustain another injury. My feet, intrinsic muscles were weak and had not been used to running. So after I started running, I had to do some strengthening exercises to my feet as well. So gradually the foot pain resolved and I was able to run. I'm still not back to my normal running. And again, I still do intervals. Every now and then I have some knee pain. If I particularly do too much, that involves heels. Season three we will continue the new segment called Ask the Doc." If you have any questions related to musculoskeletal injuries or musculoskeletal health, go to my website, www.weouilove.com, click on the tab, voicemail, leave your voicemail, and select messages will be aired and answered on the segment. Now, back to the show. In the process of my recovery, as I tried to resume training for triathlons, swimming, biking, running, my progress was slower than I expected, which caused me distress. I was down. I was able to resume biking. I was slower than I was before due to I didn't ride that much last year because of COVID and with the surgery. So I was unable to fully participate in my favorite ride, which is a 6 a.m. ride, which is a very fast ride. I did progress. I was able to do longer distance rides, 20 miles, 40 miles. After I did my first 40-mile ride on my tri-bike, and on the tri-bike, you're in the arrow position. Basically, you're leaning down on your elbows, and following longer rides, like when I went from 20 to 40, and from 40 to 60, my shoulder bothered me. I noticed it day after in swim class that I had pain with every stroke, and it progressed, and I put two and two together and realized that my shoulder was aggravated from being in the arrow position. I have a partial thickness rotator cuff tear, which I've had for a Number of years it bothers me from time to time. So I saw my former partner again and had a PRP injection this time in my shoulder. While before it hurt during just the actual injection, this time it hurt. I felt like I had been sucker punched in my shoulder, and for two weeks I couldn't swim. So this affected my training as well. On top of that, I had what's called a saddle sore. I talked about this on a previous episode. It hurt to ride, and I had in two thousand twenty August had a saddle sore, and I kept riding it. Turned into an abscess, and I had to have a formal procedure. So I did not want that to happen. So I immediately saw a dermatologist. I had a total of three injections, but they only can do them three weeks apart because if you too much cortisone, you can have atrophy around the muscles. So. Since it still caused me discomfort, I was a little apprehensive about riding prolonged distances because I did not want that abscess. That was one of the most painful experiences I had in my life, and I didn't want that to happen again. So this affected my training, and I realized out of the three sports, I miss cycling the most, and I think it's... I just love cycling because... I feel like I see more progress with the work I put in as far as like increasing my speed and, and my power versus running. I feel like when I not get faster, it comes with injuries or it's a slower progression and it's more wear and tear on my body. So cycling gives me more bang for my butt and it's the longest part of the race and triathlons. So I like to concentrate a lot of time and also I love my cycling friends. I mainly swim by myself and run by myself, so cycling is more social. So basically, I couldn't run very much because my rehab was slow. I couldn't swim like I wanted to because of my shoulder problems, which was related to cycling on my aero bike and my injury. And I couldn't cycle because of my saddle issues, my saddle sores. So after my saddle sore, somewhat got better well, good enough for me to be able to ride. I went for a ride. I was going to just do a fun race the following day. So I went and rode on um, the Lakefront front path in Chicago and I had a crash. I've fallen before, but this was the worst injury I've had as far as falling off my bike. And also I mentioned in the previous episode, I fell and landed on my left shoulder and elbow sustained significant road rash and I fell on my hand so I had like a bruise and my hand was swollen but I was able to ride home slowly and mainly using my right hand I was able to grip the handlebars but it hurt and I had like eight miles in order to get home following the crash I couldn't swim because I didn't want the road rash to get infected and biking was difficult because of my Hand, I couldn't grip, but although I did ride my trainer on the, in, in the inside, but I was a little apprehensive about riding outside. So after my road rash, it got better and my hand got better. I was able to cycle again. So my first cycling outside was during my birthday trip. August the 9th, I went to California because I wanted to get away for my birthday. California was on my list of places to go following the pandemic. Although we're still in a pandemic, I had COVID. I caught it on the same trip where I injured my knee on my ski trip. And I've also um, been fully vaccinated. So I felt comfortable going to California to hang with vaccinated friends. So I called one of my friends in California who I've cycled with before. She said I could use her bike. And she told me she was doing her first triathlon, so I told her I would do it with her. While I did it to support her, and I love triathlons, she didn't know I needed it for my mental health. I needed it for my spirit. I needed a win, and that's what I got. So we did a sprint reverse triathlon, and I also talked my clubhouse best friend into doing the race as well she was a little apprehensive about the swim but the swim was in an outdoor pool and it was only 300 meters so I said why not just do it and when I've done indoor triathlons before usually the pool is shallow and they tell you you can run this one was different but I did not know that but I did (laughs) I told about my experience and she had signed up so this was in pasadena the event took place around the rose bowl we ran first around the rose bowl then we cycled around the rose bowl and then we swam 300 meters in the outdoor pool the outdoor pool however was not shallow they had us doing three laps but not back and forth You swam and then you turned and you swam. It was like a little obstacle course, which is not great if you're going for speed. I had a ball. It was fun to race. It was fun to be around people. I met new friends. I met some Team Zoot members from that area. I had fun on the bike. I had missed it. I was very aggressive on the bike and during my trip in California, I aggravated my wrist, and I'm not sure if it was the biking or I did my hair right before, but my wrist started really bothering me. I had what's called ulnar-sided wrist pain, and owner side is to the peaky side of your wrist, and I assumed that when I fell, I injured what's called the triangular fibro cartilage. So I bought a brace when I was in California to try to ease the pain. I was scheduled to go paddleboarding on my birthday. I'm always low doing adventurous stuff, particularly on my day. So with paddle boarding, just trying to push myself up and to do the paddling really aggravated my wrist. When I got home, I contacted one of my friends who's a hand surgeon. He couldn't get me in, but he recommended someone for me to see. I saw him and he put me in a wrist brace. Well, four weeks and then I saw him back again and I had an injection and he put me in uh, the brace for two more weeks and the plan is to we myself out of the brace and see him again but when I got home it was difficult to cycle with the brace so I mainly rode on my trainer I did however go on Labor Day to one love I had signed up for a race or actually it's just an organized bike ride in Atlanta it happened Labor Day weekend every year so i was able to ride friday 24 miles with my brace it gets a little hot and aggravated but it wasn't too bad and on saturday i was initially planning on doing the century this is when i was scheduled to do a full distance ironman in october but i decided to do the 44 miles and i was able to Complete the ride without any difficulties. The brace did not bother me, so I felt confident. Also, my saddle issues did not resume, so I was happy. One of my friends told me when you get saddle sores on the side, it could be related to your bike fit issue. If you have your seat up forward too much and you scoot back a lot, it can cause friction. So my plan is to take my road bike to my fitter, but it really only aggravates me on the trainer. But on the trainer versus outside, and the trainer is when you basically ride your bike, you mount it to the trainer. You mount it and you, you ride, you can ride, you just spin or you can have, there are virtual programs called Weft and there's other programs as well. You can ride with people, I can ride solo. It doesn't allow much movement. Like when you're outside, so I can put more friction in that area. So I was happy that I was able to complete the One Love bike ride. So being a patient (laughs) is very difficult, particularly because I'm impatient and I'm type A plus and I miss my activities. But it made me appreciate the fact that as a physician, I can help people return to their prior functional level. And as a patient, I can empathize with some of the struggles in order to return to that sport, in order to return to work, in order to return to independence. It made me think of a patient. She had an ankle fracture. And when you have ankle fracture, usually you're non-weight bearing, which means you cannot put any weight on that leg. So you're hopping around on crutches. And I thought about my patient, the fact that she was older than me, she probably wasn't in as good of shape as me as far as strength. Walking with crutches is a lot of work. And she was bigger than me, so it's more work with more weight. So I thought of the fact that this was hard. And when she came and told me, I can't keep my weight off my leg, which many patients have told me, and I'm thinking, yeah, it's true. It's not always the fact that they don't listen. <laughs> It's the fact that it's hard. It's physically a demanding to walk with crutches, to walk with a walker, to deal with any type of ailment because it's physically taxing. And it's also mentally taxing. So this whole process of me being a patient has made me a better physician. I'm more empathetic. And doctors with empathy, doctors who understand their patients, are better practitioners. It's interesting, when I had my injection in my wrist, the physician was saying that it's not that painful. I've never had an injection in my wrist. I've had injections, again, in my shoulder and knee, both feet, when I had plantar fasciitis. And the most painful were the shoulder PRP and when I had injections in both feet. And I was telling him about all my injections, and he gave me this weird look. And I'm thinking, am I the only orthopedic surgeon who has all these multiple orthopedic injuries, and started laughing. So I feel my experience make me a better physician. And I also can share with patients and friends, because people often contact me when they're injured for advice, for um, just a listening ear. Because returning to a sport, returning to life from an injury, can bring up a lot of fear. Fear is that, we, will I be able to do this? Will I be able to return to my prior functional level? Will I be able to race again? Will I be able to run again? Will I be able to walk again? Will I be able to go back to my job? And when something becomes part of your life, whether it be sports or people find a lot of validation and joy and meaning in their jobs and their sport and their hobbies and if an injury happens to take that away it can be devastating so thank you for listening to my rant (laughs) if you have had significant injuries and would love to share with me i'm available via all social media platforms as well as my email next week i have a special guest that i know you will enjoy thanks for listening That wraps up this episode of Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast. Thank you for tuning in. If you already haven't, please download Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast on Apple, Spotify, or however you listen to your favorite podcast. If you have any questions, concerns, or possible show topics, Please email runitisjupiter and therapy, O L B, Omaha Love Brown. Again, that's runitisjupiter and therapy, Omaha Love Brown, at gmail.com. I also can be reached via Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Handle We Life, We Love. O U I Life, O U I Love. Thank you, and please tune in again.